Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybel Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and I have here Howard Tybel. Howard, how are you? I'm very well, Pete. Great to hear your voice. So you had an exciting week, didn't you? Oh, I had a fantastic week. I actually uh, I spent some time down south uh, in the rough neighborhood of our esteemed guest today, Greg Lovins, Vice Chancellor for Business Affairs at Appalachian State University. How are things in North Carolina? today, Greg. Well, uh, we're doing great, Pete. Thank you so much. And Howard, it's uh, good talking with you again. Absolutely. Okay, so, Pete, so, so you were in North Carolina or you were somewhere near North well, Carolina? Well, you know, I uh, I went ahead and I, I uh, was uh, down there shooting, uh, f- uh, photographing the blues tour uh, down in the Mississippi Delta, but I was in a van full of, uh, let's see, is it North Carolinians? That's correct. There we go. See, I'm practically a native. Yeah, you're there. <laughs> Uh, we are. I'm so excited that you uh, are able to join us today, Greg. We're we're talking here uh, about a, giving a little preview of a conversation you and Howard are going to be uh, uh, hosting at the Sakubo conference coming up in San Antonio. Texas, uh, April 13th through 15th, just next week. I cannot believe it. Your talk is on April 13th, and the title of that talk, Communicating Financial Information Effectively. Now, one of the things that, that Howard and I, this is, this is a topic we talk about often on this show. It's this idea of strategic communication and, and the importance of strategic communication. And you said something uh, before we started rolling that really got me thinking. Uh, your, your words, communication is not always easy for business officers to do. I wonder if you could reflect a little bit on that for us uh, just to get the conversation rolling. Why is communication not easy for business officers and why is it so important, uh, important enough that you are having a conversation at Sakubo on it? Well, you know, the, maybe the stereotype for business officers is that uh, is, is we, we sit behind a desk, we, uh, we work on the computer a lot, we're working with numbers, and we're, we're very analytical. And so we have that analytical side, but then, you know, we have to be able to, to, to communicate that those analytical, all that analytical work that we do, we need to be able to break that down for our customers, you know, whether, uh, you know, our, our boards of trustees, uh, any other customer that we have on campus, uh, faculty, students, staff, and, uh, and vendors at times. And so we need to be able to communicate that financial information that sometimes can get really technical, particularly when you're talking about matters that involve systems or just talking, you know, the technical accounting talk or budgeting talk, construction talk, you know, business officers are responsible for a lot of different things. And so breaking that down in, in terms that, that, that a non-financial person can can really grasp is uh, in, in an easy way is is real important, but it's not always easy for us, and so that's why I think you know this session hopefully will will provide some good tips for for our colleagues to to be able to do that. Howard, uh, talk to me a little bit about why uh, you know your perspective on this idea of strategic communication and and uh, the role of the business officer in driving uh, you know in driving clear communication across the institution? Well, I see it uh, primarily, Pete, as a question about influence. You know, in higher ed, business officers uh, do not have uh, the authority uh, in many cases, meaning people that report to them that are outside of the finance division. Can They really cannot tell others, faculty, uh, deans, this is what you need to do. They have to influence them in a certain way. And I think the disconnect has been over the years is that 
the business officers have not really been required to speak the language of the other side or the language of the of the non-financial person and speak the language of fa faculty. I had a session recently where a liaison between the, the finance and the faculty got up in the session. She said, the number one thing you could do is just put it in our terms, take it out of the business jargon, and then we will be able to collaborate and work with you more effectively. And I think that's at the heart of this is how do you engage the other side or the side that doesn't live in your world every day and find a way to get them engaged in the problems you're trying to have them be part of so you're not working in isolation. Uh, you know, I think this is such a, a fascinating conversation, and it's one of those that, um, you know, I think will yield some really great conversation topics. But I wonder, Greg, if you could share a little bit about the infrastructure that you have, the communications infrastructure that you've set up uh, at Appalachian State, uh, and, and how that helps to do what it is you guys are talking about doing, helping to streamline communication and, and uh, make sure that your target audience knows what you're talking about and why it's important to know this stuff. Well, one thing we do is, uh, of course, we have, a, we have a communications group at our university, and every university has that. And I think it's real important to, to stay in touch and involve uh, and involve and seek uh, the advice of those professionals. You know, they, they know how to help us put a presentation together, for instance. Uh, they know how to communicate our successes better than we do. And so I think, you know, that's part of that's part of that infrastructure that's very important. Uh, talking as a staff about the importance of being able to tell our story is, is very important. Uh, I meet with my direct reports uh, very frequently, and one thing that we do talk about, we talk about our successes and we talk about our challenges and a lot of times we focus on on communicating you know the challenges and and the difficulties that we face you know for instance having to communicate a budget cut to a campus uh, but we also talk about you know the importance of being able to communicate you know those successes that we have and uh, so I, I think having to making sure that that my staff and my colleagues are prepared to do that is that's something that that we're very aware of um, you know I'm looking through this um, uh, the, the I, I have the luxury, let me say, of looking at a preview of your presentation. And there's some really interesting things uh, going on in here, and it's this: there is this um, sort of crossroads between, uh, you know, the importance of communicating complex data. Uh, but doing so in a way that is really streamlined and focused. I wonder if you guys could talk about this idea of, of uh, focus and clarity of focus and the art of telling a good story. What I think business officers as well as non-business officers can all do a better job of, and, and again, I'm always asking myself, how do I do a better job of this, is communicating a key message. And the key message to drive ultimately a set of outcomes you want people to take away from a communication message and then there's some topics and so there's a there's an idea that I've been I've been teaching for years now is you really have to reverse the thinking it's not about what you're talking about and all the things that are equally important whether it's around enrollment or whether it's around discount rates there's a there's so much information to communicate but you got to start with when people walk away from, whether it's the board or my cabinet or faculty, what do I want them to take away? And then I'm going to build, here are the things you need to know to be able to take that message away. So there's a very simple technique uh, that I've been using over the years 
to help reverse that idea of it's all about a key message and outcomes versus all the topics that we need to talk about. So, so for me, that is a that is an important shift uh, that we need to go through. So, so what about you, Greg? When you think about this idea of streamlining communication, what comes to mind for you? Well, let me give you an example that I just experienced with my board. Uh, we met a couple of weeks ago, and with our board, we meet uh, all day on Thursday and most of the day on Friday, and we meet uh, every quarter. And on Thursday, we gave a presentation about a construction project that that we are, are trying to get, that we've received some partial funding for and trying to get the remainder of the funding. It's for our College of Health Sciences building. And it's a complex project. It involves, it's on land that is uh, that is near our, our local medical center, so it's not on our main campus. There could be a public-private partnership component of this. A lot of different moving parts and a lot of different uh, complexities involved. And so we were updating our board on this very complex project. And we provided uh, in our presentation uh, a little bit too much information. And you could feel it as the presentation was going on. And then after Afterwards, I had the, the, the chair of, of my committee came to me and said, you know, I said, you guys went a little bit too long with that presentation and it needed to be a little more concise. And he was absolutely right. And so the next day, we had to give an update on another complex subject. And the night before, we went through and we abbreviated it. Uh, thinking, Howard, I love what you just said about, you know, kind of, in essence, you're starting with the end result and working backwards. And, you know, what do you want your, your audience to take away? And so we went back, we edited that presentation for the next day, we cut it short, cut it shorter, and he came back, the same trustee came back and said, that's exactly what I need. So I think, you know, you've got to be willing to learn from your mistakes, but you've got to be willing uh, to try to be as, uh, uh, but you've, you've got to try to find that balance to make sure that they're fully informed and you're being transparent with them. I think the fundamental reason why uh, it's difficult is because a key message, if you think about the three areas, key messages, outcomes, and topics, the most obvious thing to talk about is the topics. The less obvious thing to talk about is what are we trying to produce? And the even greatest, uh, uh, I would call it ambiguous area, is what is my key message? If you ask anybody that, uh, I think that what we do by default is we work towards saying, Let, let's communicate our topics and hopefully we'll get to a key message. And my key message is you have to start with that very ambiguous question, what is my key message, and then have the rest build. And what that does inevitably is it takes 40, 50 PowerPoint slides into here are the top 10 things I need to share with you. So it is a fundamental shift uh, and it's the willingness to start with a greater level of ambiguity. When you uh, gentlemen are speaking to Sakubo, uh, do you have a, a, some thoughts on an approach around both the presentation of the message and, and sort of, I guess, the, the skill or the, the arc that you present the message uh, to these different constituencies? Is it 
is it a different uh, approach when dealing with administration, for example, than with faculty? Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, administration is is typically going to have a broader knowledge base for financial topics, especially and construction topics and auxiliaries and so forth. The world that a business officer deals with, they're going to have, in most cases, a little broader base of knowledge than a faculty member will have. And so sometimes you have to go, you know, with the, with a the faculty member, uh, you know, not working with with in not being in our world every day, you know, you, you have to kind of, in some cases, you have to lay uh, a little more groundwork with the faculty member than, say, with uh, a president's cabinet. You know, but they're they're going to be pretty well versed on, uh, on on most of our topics. I get the feeling there's this sense of of reasonable expectations of understanding uh, that you're dealing with there, Howard. What's your sense of of you know working with uh, as many uh, you know leadership teams as you do? What's your sense of their expectation when they are communicated with in these complex topics? That's actually the place you start. Your key message needs to speak directly to the audience you're dealing with. A board perspective is much more 30,000 feet. They do not care about the weeds. They shouldn't be in the weeds. Uh, faculty come from a perspective that is related to the mission that they are serving directly with their students and teaching. So you've got to find a way from an expectation standpoint, communicate to them in your key message, this is why this is important to you, or this is why this should be important to you, versus trying to convince them that what you have is important. It's like, you know, speaking Greek uh, to people that have no understanding of that language. So that's that's what we're going to focus on when we're together. Is and, and the other thing I'll say is we will, and I'm excited about this, Greg, is our hope is that we were going to engage the audience. This is not going to just be a presentation, but we're going to take ideas because there's as much knowledge in the room of those who are participating in the session than Greg and I have. Uh, and I think that that's, that's our hope is in some ways to demonstrate in the way we conduct this what we're tell asking them to go out and do themselves. Yeah, I hope our colleagues you know, are, are going to be very willing to share some of, of their best practices and experiences that work for them. And if, and if they don't, we've got their name tags. So we can call on them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll know a few of them anyway, so the, that'll, go. that'll work, right? All right, so the, the gauntlet has been thrown here. You are, <laughs> If you're listening to this and you'll be in attendance, get ready to be called out. It sounds like it's going to be a fantastic conversation. Encourage everybody to check it out. It is on April 13th. Uh, do we do has a time been set for this one yet, or we just encourage people to to check out the Sukubo website at sukubo.org for the 2014 annual meeting? I think uh, it's at yes. I think it's at 12:30 on the 13th. Uh, excellent, 12:30 on the 13th uh, at the Sukubo in uh, San Antonio. Marriott River Center. F any final comments? Do you think we've we've covered everything? I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be concise by not saying anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You guys are true gentlemen. Uh, I uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Make sure you check out. Uh, you can check out the website. Subscribe to this show in iTunes for free. Make sure you don't miss a single episode. And keep up with uh, with all of these fantastic uh, uh, presentations that we're doing all over with such fantastic uh, experts. Uh, in the field as Greg Lovins. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for inviting me. Howard, it's always good to hear your voice. Every Same time. here, Pete. Yep. All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, until next week, we'll catch you on another episode of Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybalink. Link.